time to rejoin the conversation. back and normally at this point I'm saying okay here we go party politics but today we are talking all that jazz with Max Groove once again welcome my man I'm, I'm guys glad. thank you once again fucking having me you guys are hilarious <laughs> I never knew this was going down man the fucking loft party podcast hey, hey, guys this is happening every Monday Every Monday. Every Monday. Uh, I got a quote. I got a quote here. Here's a brain surgeon. I got a quote here that you said. Uh oh. Uh, You're one of the pioneers of this thing they call smooth jazz. Actually, I didn't say that. I was. People have been saying that about me. AKA baby making music. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? Worse than baby making music. Cleaning the house music. (laughs) I made a lot of money off of fucking elevator music. You've heard me in the shopping malls. You've heard me in elevators. You've heard me like... Anyway, trust me. You've heard me me on soap operas. Uh, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital. Man, I made a shitload of money off of uh, the... Young and restless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. couldn't believe it, man. That was hilarious. Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> Bought a new sob, five Rolexes. Back yeah. in the day, I did the syrupy shit <laughs> when all the cats were doing, you know, like uh, David Sanborn and all those guys, the Spyro yeah. Gyro. Yeah. The, the, my, my music was charting in Billboard, man. I'm yeah. fucking out there doing it. Yeah, but, I mean, because I, I see But my music was a serious softer. Yeah. It had more of a melody, melodic structure, yeah. and a groove, Max Groove, imagine that. But with a melodic structure, you know? And and that's how that came about. You know. So okay, so I I was reading that you had a group before yeah, yeah. Max Groove. Well I had a I had a disco band. Yeah. Seriously. Wait, now Back one of my favorite words in the English language. Happens to be the name of your disco band, and that Moxie. was Moxie. Exactly. Moxie. Yeah, man. I just, that's, that's a great fucking word. Isn't that, that great? Is. But it was spelled M O X Y. That was because of Deborah, oh. our vocalist. She ah. she came up with that. Her and Blake, I believe, came up with that name. All right. But we had this uh, disco band. We did a lot of original, and we toured, man. We did all the great shit, man. And then uh, I became such a drunken drug addict core that. Uh, I had a terrible ego. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was fucking excellent, <laughs> dog. I have stories. I'll drink to that. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. But you know, I, uh, I just got. I just. I couldn't do it anymore. All of a sudden, I. It was like, you know. All of a sudden, I woke up and said, "Hey, there's something better than this." So I dried out. Right. This cat hired me to uh, work in his studio to answer the phone. To be honest. Oh wow. Yeah, because I had been working there doing overdubs. Okay. And uh, with the special machine I had. Uh, that no one did in the country had at the time. There were three of them in the States, right? And it was a big string thing. I did all these uh, or, uh, orchestra type shit with one machine. It was great. All right. Uh, back in the 70s, that was hip, you know? And mm-hmm. then I became a studio engineer, worked there, you know, man. And the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it here in KC? Yeah, actually it was. Which one? Wow. Yeah, what's, uh, what's NMI, NMI, 
Productions on 75th and uh, right off Warnell, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I came off the street and worked there. He had a 16 track studio, taught me how to be an engineer uh, while I was drying out and answering the phones. And I wrote a shitload of material. And that just, man, that changed my life. That cat was, uh, that just changed my life, man. I mean, I, he used me. I, I was good at what I did, making the yeah. strings for gospel records and sure. big R&B records and stuff like that. Speaking but of these R&B. guys, had a bunch of they were hooked up, and then we then they moved over to Fifty Fifth and True, so we took okay. on the whole inner city. Okay, all the R&B shit came through us. Okay, it was great. And I was it, the manager of the studio. Yeah. Then. Speaking of R&B, I was reading you've you've been on some really serious tours. Um, so let me let me. Let me throw some names out there. Uh, the Temps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of drugs, man. Four Tops. Uh, more drugs. Uh, Peebo. Peebo Bryson for all of you out there. Never with him. He was a wonderful cat, man. That was a lovely man. Uh, Shaka. You know, I didn't... There was, a, there was a time, I want to take you about Peebo. There was a time that uh, we, were, uh, we were at the Kiel Auditorium in St. Louis. It's a huge hall. And uh, the promoter was screwing me, right, all over the place. It was terrible. Was she hot? Uh, no, he was ugly. <laughs> but they were, they were. <laughs> no Vaseline enough. No, man, fuck no. <laughs> and Peebo wouldn't go on until I got paid. Oh, wow. <laughs> swear to God. That's yeah. awesome. Swear to God. That's taking that care is, of it. That is awesome. That's so I'm just saying, that, that was yeah. the kind of man that, the kind of gentleman that he is. For all us old cats, you know, because cool. I, I did shows with them and we used to laugh about that, but you know, when you do, yeah, anyway, you know. So, the one name that uh, threw me, but the name that threw me because of the age of the artist was Count Basie. He, this would have been 81, it was before he died. That time in his life, they used to, uh, he was in a wheelchair, and they, he used to have to. He couldn't get up the concert, mm. all the halls, but he couldn't get up the steps. So he'd pee literally in a coffee. Oh wow! Big coffee can they had for him. My mom and dad were friends of his. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, when I was fourteen, they, I didn't know who the fuck he was. Frankly, I didn't care at fourteen. Right, you? Right. You know, I didn't know shit. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I just was chasing the wheel. You know, whatever. Yeah. I was on. The, I was a street kid. Yeah. And. Uh, but my mom was an old Shit. opera singer, and my stepfather was a jazz violinist that had played with Count mm, all for wow. years, off and on. And uh, so years later, when I got to open for him, because guys at the Uptown Theater, I was signed to Feyline Production, owned or ran the Uptown Theater. Okay, okay. Uh, Bob Bagas, he put me on all these shows. I played with every. That's how I got with the Temps. All these guys, after I played with them, they loved us. We did a lot of drugs. They loved us. My tour manager provided it. So like this this is during this is during the Max Groove group. Day. Yeah, yeah. This Locker. was like 1980, okay. the 80s. Yeah, yeah. early so 80s. Because I, I was reading that the name actually came from the group was Max. No, groove. no, there was and a group. Then, there was. I didn't take the identity until '84. Okay. Because everyone, you know, everyone just associated me with it because I was the mouse. It was my mouth. It was right, my right. band anyway. But right, right, right. At that point, you know, right, so I they just they were calling you Max. They were yeah. doing it anyway, and yeah. I didn't. You know, I never wanted to do it, but uh, I'm glad I did because it's made me a lot of money. Yeah. So, so Brian wasn't good enough. No, it's not. Brian Paul Holman. Fuck that. <laughs> Max Groove. Cha Ching. There you go. 
I wanted to sneak that on you, Brian. <laughs> I wanted to sneak that on you that his name was Brian as well. How, With a lie. How old would you Same. be when you go through yeah. Everybody call you Brain? Because that's where Brain Mask came from. I'm oh, hip, man. Yeah. Uh, how old would you have been back then? Let's see, 31? Opening for, open for basic. Yeah, basic. I mean, that's a fucking legend in your plan. Know. You know what? It was funny. I was touring with Cout, and they, they made me, whenever we played with him, they would take the microphones. Uh, one, right off the bat, I was honored that I got to play the grand piano. Mm. Freaked me out that he allowed me to play his piano on any gig, right? Because they, you know, whoever was, he was endorsed, and whoever gave him the piano, you know, they bring it in for Count Basie. And they tune it before he'd ever walk up. I get done, they were they were tweaking it, right? Right. But they take the microphones off the grand piano when he played. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. Because if you and wouldn't you shut up and design? listen, then you didn't get to hear him. Uh, Same thing with her, the, the guitar player. Uh, you know? He uh or well, I'm sorry, it was a Freddie. Sorry, her mm. green was my other vocals. Okay. Uh Freddie, he uh he played an arch top and didn't have an amp. Oh, wow. Sat right next to Count, and that's how he kept time for Count Basie. Mm. That's how Count kept his time. It's because Fred here. So he was still really playing, they weren't overdubbing it with somebody else. <laughs> no, that was him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they did do that back then. Not with him. A lot of the older people. No, well, but that was when they were doing the big R&B thing. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. No, Count was on it, man. I was there, right? Wow, uh, shit, that's awesome. For the shows that I did. Yeah, what an honor. And my mom, I had a lemma, I swear to God, man, the first time I played with Count at the Uptown, that started the whole tour because the promoter liked my band, bought a drug, liked my band, and they <laughs> put us on tour with him. Thank you, tour manager, drug dealer. Uh, I swear to God, that's how it happened. I can't help it. But what happened was they liked us and they kept putting us on tour with them. We'd be the opening act for them. Wherever right. they, you know, they'd show up and they'd all be a big party. Yeah, you know, yeah. We'd all fucking uh, yeah. shindig, yeah. you know, so. But Count Basie, my mom knew him. And I brought my mom in and she hung on the side of his wheelchair and they talked all fucking night long. And here's a good story if I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. Right? If you don't mind, the first time I played with Count Basie, his tour manager, a brother, decked out in a three-piece white suit, man. Right, right, right. Uh, came up after our first set, because we were doing two shows that night, right? Came up to the first set yeah. and said, Count, we can't have these, these guys play again for you, man. That's totally off. They're terrible, they're, they're no good, no boom, 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 right? Because, well, it's not that we stunk, but dudes, I play more of a, uh, a fusion smooth jazz. I don't yeah, play yeah. swing. Right, like what right. should be playing with Count Basie. It, it wasn't, it all had to do with the promoter that knew me and wanted to help me and the theater company that I was signed to. They put me on that. They didn't give a shit about nothing. Put Max Groove on there, right? Well, the people loved us, but the critics were terrible. I, it was the worst review I've ever had. So anyway, this guy comes up to Count Basie. You can't have them play for you again. And I had written a song called Expresso. It's ba-da-da-ba-ba-da-da-ba-ba. And it's a swing song. And so the guy's screaming at Count, and Count looks up at me with my mom hanging on to the wheelchair looking up at him, right? And, and I got this babe next to me. I was a stud. And long hair and the tux. And, and Count looks up at me and he goes, Hey man, do that coffee song for me, would you? That was it. Boom. That tour manager, Count's manager, 
turned around and walked away. That was it. That was the law. When Count said that, that was it. No more discussion. That was it. Right. Well, right. Uh, and I got to. And I did. I played the coffee song for him. All espresso. Right. And he loved it. Yeah, yeah he did, man. And it was honored. And I got to go play a few other shows with him through St. Louis and Memphis and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And we went and did these these shows, man. With Count Basie, it was awesome. It's awesome. And I did drugs with a bunch of them guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was reading that you released. Was it before? 91 <coughs> you released excuse me you released 12 albums at 491 yeah no I, my whole career so far oh, you've released 12 okay 12 okay, CD okay, okay, 12 okay. albums okay. 12 recording projects mm. I'm working on my 13th now mm. well, you know I play every Wednesday if you guys want to come out and see me I hope you do bring Rieger definitely I'll drink it that night oh, I'll drink Rieger gin if you come out to my gig Wednesday night at the Prohibition Hall, 1118 McGee, Be there. 9 to 12. We'll I'll it. drink my ass off on your gin. Well, I'm not even pay for it. You know what? No, 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 no. You know what? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, I will be drinking bigger gin but, if you come in. You know what? Not that I we got to go, and at least we got to get a picture Every Wednesday. of him in a bottle of Riga. We got to oh, get no, it. I'm, yeah, hell yeah. Whoa. We got to do it. Okay, so I'm going to go. Yeah, please. Please. I have three that I'm dying to know. You what? I have three questions I'm dying to know. Yeah. So, if, given the history of Kansas City Jazz, if you could go back in time and play with anybody, Benny Moten, Charlie Parker, anybody who's come out of Kansas City, who would you want to play with? And I get the styles are different, but who would you just look back on in Kansas City Jazz and go, that's somebody I missed out on? Well, I wouldn't want to play with Charlie Parker. He was a dickhead. <laughs> My father knew him pretty well, and they didn't like he, my father had a problem with it because he was into heroin. And oh, he was my, my, uh, my dad was an alcoholic, so their drugs didn't mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is true. Swear to God, if you want to know the truth about anybody in, on the planet I'd like to play with, other than my father, of course, I wish, to f I, wish I could play with him. He was, he was the most awesome violinist, gypsy jazz violinist, bar none. Right. right, swear to God, he was the baddest. And I'm a, I'm a classically trained violist, believe it or not. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I took second in state all through high school. And wow. I was a real clown, and then I realized viola players don't get laid. Mm. <laughs> no, they don't. Mm. Piano players get laid and get to do drugs. I was just gonna say, <laughs> is that when you switch the keys? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I also play guitar, but I write songs. You write on piano. Oh, you write. And then okay. I put him over to the, the piano. Okay. Right. Yeah, for whatever reason. It's uh, my quirk. Greatest venue you would have loved to have played back in the heyday, like the Playmore, the Torreon, or whatever. Well, I did those already. He's uh, <laughs> like, been there, done that. <laughs> nah, Playmore would have been. My well father played the Playmore. I mean, that, that was a that was That was the. Uh, that was the place to go. Yeah. I did play Freedom Palace and uh, Cowtown. Uh, you said you played the gal with some yeah. with this rock band. This kind of a, a kind uh, I don't know what you call it now. Kind of a blue uh, country swing, I guess. This would have had to been early seventies then. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I've been playing yeah, yeah. since. Well, I've been playing full time for a living since seventy. But that's when Trap House was at its. But I was day. playing before then, right? I was gigging okay. with rock and roll bands, and I played with lots of country bands, and you know some other shit. That, oh, no. Man. So what's your third one then? It's just. 
out of all the instruments, because clearly jazz musicians can play almost any instrument they want, and they're incredibly talented. Most guys are on that. Yeah, you, you've already said you can play, clearly you play piano, you can play uh, viola as well. What, and I play guitar. What would, what would you pick? What would I pick of any instrument? Out of your just absolute love of instruments. Oh, oh well, you know what, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. You know, I it's love grand question. piano, but one of my favorite instruments of all times is, is acoustic guitar. Ah. I swear to God, I, I, wow. I have a beautiful tailor I play. I, I just sold my, my Guild 12 string that I'm, I'm crying over. Why? Oh, 1970 God. Guild 12 Are string that I used me? to put on my, 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 my ex's belly so my children could hear. You know, I tuned it down to that earth tone, like for the, the two. I, I would strum it on her belly while the kids were in the. Oh my know, God. It's just beautiful. But you know what? Fucking the wife's gone, children's gone. Give me the money. Oh, no, an acoustic 12 string guitar, though. Seriously, that's. Yeah, but I have some other guitars, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and awesome. I bought the six string for my sister. I bought in 69, I bought the six string F50R, the exact model of the 12 string that I bought later. Oh, wow. So they were matching. That's awesome. Yeah. Coming out to Prohibition Hall Wednesday night. And Definitely. you're, you're bringing some bottles with you? So I don't, I don't have to bring my I'm, sapphire. I'm bringing some Rieger gin, I'm bringing a Rieger whiskey, and we're having a good time. It's gonna be fun. Not, you will, you would, you'll you, enjoy my band. I have a great concert band, you'll enjoy this. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I just, I included some new players to my band, so I'm adding them okay. Wednesday night. You're not doing the, you don't have just the trio. It'll be a trio, but I, uh, is the core, but then I've got my the guitar player, I got a, a trumpet player and a sax player coming ooh, out. Ooh, yeah. you know, my vocalist, I may have a vocalist, I don't know. So what got, what got you into swing there as, as opposed to swing? Because swing Well, I don't know, man. I think, all I can say is I think it may have been, swear to God, don't laugh at me, I think it's pot. <laughs> I do. I, I think, I think that I relaxed. <laughs> I mean, I always played, I was, I was a B3 player. Uh-huh. You know, I used to be Johnny Guitar Watson's. Piano uh, keyboardist <laughs> in '74. Do you know what that was like? Uh, I just been to say that. You remember it? That. Well, uh, you know what I? You know what I remember, guys? <laughs> just the here's pictures. what I remember. <laughs> I remember $120 a week, right? Uh -huh. Five nights a week, $120 a week. All the cut cocaine I could snort, and I mean mass amounts, and all the sisters I could have every night after the gig. The guy was a pimp from LA. I swear to God, the musical director, the brother, bring all these chicks by. I was the only white guy in the band. I was just trying to say. It's, you know, I swear to God. And saying. you know what? I only got this gig by accident. Look, see, the, the, here's here's the secret. But he liked my soul, man. Here's the secret. Most white most white guys don't know this. A lot of sisters like blue ass soul rubs. <laughs> A lot of sisters like blue ass soul rubs. They do. Thank and you. And <laughs> you're, I'm sorry. You're telling me what? Well, I know you know this. Oh, but wow. I'm, I'm, I'm talking Anything to anything the rest of us can do. I'm, I'm talking to. I'm talking to uh, people out there in, podcast, in podcast land. <laughs> people out there in podcast land who may not know. The sisters in New Orleans. There's a lot of sisters that. Well, I, you like know what? Myself. That's true. And I tell you what, I, I lived up to uh, whatever I, it took. I know several of you play instruments. True. Maybe you should switch genre. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 
and didgeridoo doesn't fit. Well, wait, wait, our, our, wait. Doesn't Lane? Does he do the tube like the polka? Oompa, oompa, he does. Oompa, oompa, Lane does a lot of skin Skin flu. If these are, maybe we should get if, together and do a tune. If these, if these, if these are your but friends, but I'll bring some scriptures, wow. okay? Awesome. Thank best, you. Best Max. jazz city left in. America. His wife Franny did just get pregnant, so at least something works. Oh best my year. God, she's pregnant. I know. You were so screwed. I know. Thank you. I'm already demanding a paternity test. You know what? You should. <laughs> you better hold Franny that listen to this. <laughs> yeah, smack the shit out your ass. Best dress that you left in. The kid head. comes out half brother, and be like, it's not mine! What's the best one? <laughs> right. What's, wait, 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 wait. What, somebody what, asked what was the question again? This what? is a legit question. What's the best dress that you left in America? Hmm. There's a lot of places that. She's. I don't know. I, I. You know what? I. I get to play all over. Every so often, people will Green remember Bay, me. Wisconsin. Swear to God, every that so often, I did a concert. <laughs> I did a concert this year in Tulsa. Huh? They remembered me, man. They brought me down and I did a big show in front of about not quite two thousand people. Okay. I was I headlined. There were four bands and okay. I was the headliner. And uh, they remembered me, and I just, uh, I think Tulsa was a real, and they've got a great jazz scene going on. Right. This is cat called John Taylor that's making it work. Yeah. So, but I love Kansas City. I wish 18th and Vine was, wasn't so politically bullshit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can, yeah, I, can I put in something on that? Well, go. 12th Street is where it, it was <laughs> supposed to be. There's a very beautiful plaque there. That's like, yeah, but yeah. that's where it really happened, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12th Street. Absolutely. It wasn't the song even says 12th Street. Well, let me put in a little something on that. I, I was you want to do what? I was, I was good friends with Danny and Gene down at Danny's Big Easy. And of course, Danny who's Danny who? Dan, Danny Gosselin. Uh, yes. You know, Danny bought me a... I shouldn't say, should I? No, you should. You know, I knew Dan <laughs> real well, and Gene. I love Gene. Gene was wonderful. God bless her. What a wonderful funeral we had. Wonderful. Her, you, know? you know what? I had a gig and I couldn't make it, and I was so pissed. I was gonna, but I couldn't. You know, I needed money right. like that. Right. You know, and she, you know, Gene was my pearl. I mean, she's my partner. She what, wasn't she a beautiful woman? Yeah, she was. She really was. I mean, and honest to God, you know, and Danny, even though he's a dick fuck motherfucker and he has a lot of issues. Uh, I always loved him, man. I love Danny. I do too. I, 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 I hate to admit, even right now, expression. even though all the bullshit he put me through yeah. and all the hate and the wanker shit, uh, I still love him. I can't help it. And the bottom bottom line is, it should be our Beale Street in, in many ways. But you I know think, what? But it I would think be. it would take private management. And that's where it can't go because there's too many people got a hand in the teal down there. Well, let's just see what happens. I think I think there's a new. A new scene going on. I will say this, okay, guys. Uh, not many people know this, but Cleaver originally, I was supposed to be the guy that ran the gym theater in the Blue Room. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I swear to God, I've been a recording engineer, and I know my sound. I go around. I used to go around, and man, I put together the whole PA for the gym. I had the blueprints way before it was ever built, and I was the man. And I tell you what, there was a bunch of shit that went down that I didn't want to, frankly, dudes, I'm an honest man. I just want to get high, make music. I don't give a fuck, and get a blowjob, okay? I admit it. In that order. But, you know, <laughs> you know. But the gig is, I didn't, I didn't play the political game, so I got the hell out. I want you to understand something. Cleaver was right. I'm a bad motherfucker. I would have made that happen. And it wouldn't have been like it is now. Because I know the rapport. I know what it takes to be 
with agents. I know what it takes to do sound. I know what it takes to, to run a bar because I ran bars for years before I became a full-time musician. I don't know how much to cut. Right? Coke. Let's do it. <laughs> See, I was there. I was there, and I, I know what it takes. And I want to say the, the cats that are there now, they've tried. And, and, and there's a guy that, that's got a lot, some good going on, but you know what? It's, it's more than that. It's got, it, you got to be a personality. You got to be in the, you got to be the man, goddammit. You got to make it happen. You know, no clowns, just, I'm tired of them fucking it up. Used to blow my mind, you go in there on that Saturday jam that they had down at Danny's. And the talent that would come in there that were were well, I hosted, they had no gigs. I has I hosted yeah, most they, of those Saturdays. They had no they had no other gigs than just to have some talent and come down, and sit there and play or sing with. The yeah, band. but you know, let me tell you some something. Let me good. tell you something. Also, the people need to come out and support it. You can't have the brothers and sisters sit around and drink water and, and beer. I agree. You know, you can't make any money. I, I you know, well, you know, that's, 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 that's something that I always wondered yep. wondered about. You know, as far as the the jazz scene in Kansas City, wanted wanted besides just talking to you about your career, I wanted to talk about uh, jazz in in Kansas City and and some of the reasons that it for as much for as much as Kansas City is known for jazz, why isn't the jazz scene what like you say, why why don't we have a Beale Street? Because they're all a bunch of money grubbing dicks. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's, uh, they all self-serving. You know, guys, you want to get involved in something? Here's the fucking deal. Go talk to John Scott from the Green Lady. goddammit. Look at yeah, John love, Scott love, with the Green I, I, Lady. I green He's got an upstairs that's packed. He's got a downstairs, the Orion room, that's packed. And now he just bought friggin' Black Dolphin, the bar right oh, next did he? to him. Did he? Okay, alright. That's packed. And now he's got a place next to that that he's gonna have underage kids come in to showcase their material. Now here's what's what's now, here's a man, wait a minute. Here's a man with a vision. That's making something happen exactly. for fucking Kansas City jazz. I am so sick of these clowns fucking promoting jazz and they're playing blues or rock and roll like the Phoenix. They'll throw a friggin' little fucking jazz band, on a, though they're my friends and they're all awesome on Monday night, but the bottom line is they don't put, they, they talk about jazz, but they're not jazz. But they're not jazz. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But John Scott is true to his school on that whole environment at 18th and Grand. Yeah. Dudes, yeah. that's the next big thing. Right. That is the next big thing. Boogaloo right. 7, man. How much uh, awesome on Friday nights. They're awesome. They're fun. Man, everybody is awesome there. I play there. I'm awesome. I have a great time. Really? I have a great time. <laughs> Listen, that's the place to play, guys. Yeah, that's I, you want to talk I, about. I, I, you want to talk about Kansas City Jazz? Fuck 18th and Vine. Look at 1809 Grand. Yep. Yeah, that's well, the bottom line. I mean, when and they quote me on this so, ass, I mean, he's making first, money so. out of his ass because he he knows what to do, yeah. and he reinvests that money back in the community of jazz. 
He's not sitting on it and putting it in his butt. He's fucking making it work. Don't you wonder how many places the city can support that at this point? I would be curious to know because... Well, you know what? Are we talking Are we talking power and light district? No, no, no. So here's, here's the hard part because this is a podcast that goes nationwide and a lot of them don't know the geography of Kansas City. So there is a, a probably five to six block division of nothing... That goes between the what's the eastern edge of the crossroads, which is what you're talking about. Okay. There's a six block nothingness in there, where there's no development, there's no anything, uh, which is where a city like New Orleans has it over us because that's all connected, right. and they can right. keep these. You can hop bar to bar to bar to bar to bar and have a great time. That's why John, at the Green Lady, there on Grand, that's what he's he's building. Sure. But you wonder if you really wanted to connect those two, which I think would be the key to really getting a thriving jazz scene back. Connecting brand and Then you got about you're gonna have to have about half a dozen clubs in between there. That's what I'm saying. On eighteenth Street. It would be awesome. That would <laughs> you be need, the thing you need that, that little corridor. Right, right, right. That's that's gonna that's gonna you know, put it together. That's your Beale Street. Yeah. Now yeah. you're back. Yeah. Now you well, you know, you got you got the grinders. That's those guys yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they do all kinds yeah. of different music. Yeah. Well, see, I understand. Stuff. I understand. I understand. They, but you know what? Get them involved. Get that whole scene going involved. Well, and they would be interested. Uh, I mean, Brett Mossman does a great job with booking booking bands and that kind of stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, and he's had the bottleneck and the Granada and Warrens for years, and he so does I a good job with Pipeline. Turn me on to him? Yeah, really? he used to play his clubs all the time in Lawrence. Uh, got your card. I can't get into but the jazz house. I need work, man. A I'm jazz a house? Yeah. In Lawrence? Yeah. Oh, God. That's a that's a different dude. That's a guy named Rick. Uh, Chip died uh, recently. He was, I grew, I went to high school with all these guys. Yeah, we used to play at jazz house all the time. So it I was didn't. great. I and mean, it was so awesome and it was so fun. It was upstairs and I held about 200 people and when it was packed. Uh-huh. It was sweaty and disgusting and awesome and dollar beers and it was great. But that's the kind of vibe that has kind of gone away yeah. now that this area is being regentrified, like most downtown cities are trying to do. It raises the rents. It keeps out places like that, and those are the key to the city, I think, in a lot of ways. I agree. I agree. You know, so well, I love to see some of those protected. So, well, so how often do you gig now uh, in in the city? Well, you know, it depends. Maybe three times a week. Very th- okay. Okay. You know. And uh, every so often, I swear to God, you know, half a dozen, maybe sometimes ten times a, a year, people will remember me and, and put mm-hmm. me, say, hey, man, you need to do a chef, you know, right, all right, that. Right. You know, or I'll get some, a bunch of corporate gigs, big money. Sure. Right, right. Yeah, right. You know. Corporate Woods. And, and some, some wine, well, I don't do, they won't play me at corporate Woods. I, I've been blacklisted a few places. So I out, out, of, <laughs> out of curiosity, Fuck you, like, <laughs> you have some room to talk. No. To. <laughs> I, I, my my back. Back. <laughs> I, I got run out of two states. Because I think this will appeal. You to got it. You got another question? Yeah, just one more. Because I think this will appeal to you too. Yeah. Because I know you're getting ready. You're recording already your thirteenth album. Yeah. From the time you started recording, which I would assume you probably would have been doing four-track stuff when you were a kid and doing all that and working up, you were yeah, a 16-track. Yeah. What is the difference in recording and how you approach it now? Because I'm assuming it's probably all digital for you now. Well, you know, un- unfortunately, it is digital. I, uh... Jeez, man, I don't know how to put it. I guess I'm a whore. I, I, I fucking, right now, every word you just said, 
I could change every nuance, every little breath, every little any kind of nasal expression, mm-hmm. any kind of thing I can tweak inside of my editing tool mm-hmm. and change your words. What do you record and express? Uh, well, you know, I it depends. I'm still an old fart that likes to record into a, a 24 track machine. Really? Okay. My pref- my preference is to go with a 16 track for my drums and bass, 24 track for my piano and guitars and really? sax, and then I take all that and I load it into Pro Tools. Okay. And then I'll do all my jack off editing. So are you still recording to three quarter take? Uh, uh, one inch, two inch, two inch, two inch. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but you, yeah, they do. It's fucking expensive. There's only one place left that makes it, I thought. I don't know. In Nixa? There's only one manufacturer left of... of uh, uh, 3M, I think, still is doing it. That's the last one, I think. Okay. Wow. It's about $364 yeah, roll, it's cheap. Yeah, I was just about to say, that's an expensive process. Songs. It's not cheap at all. Yeah, and I but do everything. I, I will be honest, I've done some songs because I started off that way, but then, you know what? Because all you little pussy bitches listen to it <laughs> on fucking little ear pods yeah. and, and MP3s yeah, we'll and bullshit. Uh, no, they don't compress <laughs> it down. They don't even bother. Everybody thinks you can master in some little basement studio. I'm fucking, I, I'm so sick of hearing non-quality uh, hi-fi fidelity. You know, I'm still, I'm an engineer by God. I'm an artist. But do you embrace any of the new, uh, for example, like they have... Blu-ray disc now that you can do seven channels surround sound any of that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I mix for fucking that, yeah, I'll mix for that the quad, the five, the surround sound. I will mix for that, but I also mix for the stereo mix, and then I squash the fuck out of it and listen to it on all sorts of different shit. Gotcha. You know, At, in your heart. Is there still a part of you that loves the analog? Uh, I'm sorry. Or is it done? Is it I'm done? sorry. Did you notice I have a heart on when you said analog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck yeah. I thought that was your cigar. My first album. My first album. Listen, my first album was Half Speed Mastered. Half Speed Mastered. There was 110 albums released that year by, by these big high-fidelity cats all around the world, 110 albums that were released that year that were uh, half-speed mastered. 109 of them were all symphony. One album that year, me, was released as half-speed mastered, quality, high-fidelity. Wow. And that was my first album I ever recorded in 1980. Wow, right? that's crazy. But I was an engineer. I right. went for yeah, the you high kn- fidelity. You knew how to, you knew how that to do that. I'm a right? bad motherfucker. <laughs> that's what Now I can go into any Pro Tools session. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I go to LA, I kick everybody out of their studio. <laughs> I pay them for two weeks up front, $1,200 a day, mm-hmm. and say go on vacation. Yeah. And let my people come in because I'm going to do me. I hire my one engineer and maybe two mm-hmm. as a backup. Right. I have 280 cables going into patch bays. Yeah. You know oh, you, what I'm you saying? You're real old school engineer shit. Well. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. What's yeah. 76 input at Neve V series with flying faders. Totally, dog. What's the coolest place you've ever recorded? Uh, you know what? I, I will say Tobin's place. 
studio recorders, uh, studio sound recorders in Hollywood. Uh, George Tobin was the guy that did Tiffany. Remember Tiffany? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiffany, she was a big hit. Canadian yeah. mall singer. Who he was a guy that? that fucked her over and took all her money <laughs> and built his own like recording studio in Hollywood. Well, I recorded there. My One of my producers, and I've had a few, I, I know what to do because I don't trust me. Right. So I hire producers. Because right. I want to make money, bitch. So. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Slow down one second. I'm listening now. That actually opens up a, a door. Well, so, well, I'm talking about recording. You're talking about money. Well, the fact that actually you were talking about money. No, I said <laughs> well, the, the fact that the, the fact that you are a, a what I would call a traditional musician. Mm -hmm. You usually don't hear those two in the same sentence. You well, usually, because you know why, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why, and I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Because if you don't make somebody money, happen. they have to make money. Yeah. I've sold 80,000 records, right? Yeah. At $7 wholesale. Think what that is. Seven, yeah, yeah. It's at $560,000. Yeah. yeah. And I get 24 to 26% of that. Exactly. Hey. Well, what about your publishing rights for this? Well, one? then I get on top of yeah, that. Yeah, right. Did, did, did I did, mention did, 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 Oh, wait, wait. But. The money is in the publishing. Then well, no. Well, yes. But. To get that kind of money, you have to give up some publishing to them. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that, because they'll give me under the table some shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, being a being a uh, an indie, indie producer myself, I have the same philosophy. Yeah. You're like, if I'm not... I don't, I don't care what it is you want to make. If we're not making it to a quality level that it's going to make somebody some money... It, it, namely me. Well, <laughs> why, why in the why in the fuck are we doing? Here, here's where you made your mistake. Okay. Anymore, and I, I don't mean in, in any disrespect. No. I'm only going by today's standards. All yeah. respect. You said quality. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck, fuck quality. They don't give a shit. Every no, motherfucker you're, you're right. I know you're right. is fucking taking songs or it, bits of my. Fucking songs that I created in the studio and putting them in samples mm -hmm. and making hits for fucking Gaga or fucking Taylor Swift. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, I didn't They're hear taking exactly that shit that people blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> and they fucking put it in a whole nother ball game and take it on a whole nother artistic direction. Right. And now that's the new directive. But don't you still get the publishing? I'll just been the No, I'll you don't finish. get jack fucking shit because it's a sound bite. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, Chris, Chris the intellectual well, property. Well, and I think that's the, I think it, it well, twenty percent, which is the reason that I, which is the reason that I was going in this particular direction, coming coming from this uh, hip hop school. You know, I grew up with sampling was the thing, totally. But totally. and that's what you're saying but, because it was all sampled. But I hate. Sudden, I personally hate sampling. You can like, take an I, I, I'm with you. I want to create the track. I don't want to sample somebody else's music because um, one, it's the artistic directive, dude. It, yeah, you're an right. artist. You're trying to find yourself as a human being within the realm of everything on an artistic level. And that's what we do. That's exactly and then there's guys that take what we do and make hits for these fucking lame duck fucks yeah. and it's pop. Yeah. I can't tell you who I know that is the major player in the world right now. Jesus. He's my best friend's son. 
And I gave him his first guitar. Wow. And he won't fucking do me shit. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, crazy is reality. All right. It's been fascinating. All right. So, By the uh, way, wait, 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 wait. What? What? We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. And we're going to continue with Max Groove because this is some interesting shit. So hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com. A cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us. Purveyors of urban culture. Come on. Let's get back to the party. We are back. And hey, uh, hey, uh, hey. Before we get out of here. Before we get out of here. Before we get out of here. Oh, we're leaving? <laughs> this smells like pot, man. Uh, oh, the, uh, the Camacho. All right, before we get out of here, uh, we're going to talk about today's sugar honey iced tea and for those out there who oh, don't geez, know i thought you were talking about max groove hold on what do you hold mean on. sugar hold on uh, uh before before we get out of here we're going to talk about today's sugar honey iced tea and for those of you who don't know uh those are things that i or members of the group feel are the shit uh now normally um i usually come up with uh something that i think was the shit from the week before um and i was all set to do that, but what I decided to do is uh, ask Max Groove, in your 44 years, 45 years of, uh, of being a professional musician, there's Whoa. got to be things that you felt were the shit over the years. You mean good things or good bad things? things? Good things. Good things. Good things? Good things? Yes. Oh, jeez, guys. I don't know. I mean, I exhibited some of them already to you tonight. Uh, possibly. People like people, Bryson, that, you know, little things like that that wouldn't, wouldn't go on stage until I got paid. Those are moments in space and time that you can't forget. Wow. We're playing with Ronnie Laws and having his whole band hate me and him having him bitch slap him. There's so many things. Or being with Johnny Guitar Watson, uh, 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 playing these big shows and, and, and people just... <sighs> It's such an honor just to be able to give it, be given a gift, in my opinion, from God. That's so to be, cool. a, to be an artist and to be able to last all this long and still be alive after all the drugs, women, sex, rock and roll that I've done. Lachaim. And still be able to talk about it. Lachaim, you're absolutely right, guys. <laughs> Have, be able to say thank you, God, for the gift I've been given at this point in space and time is awesome. And then also to be able to talk with cats like you about these experiences, well, you know, on an open level with the Loft Party podcast. I'm honored, man. No, I swear to God, that's, that's how I really, really feel. Because every day is a new breath. And with every breath, I get to express how, what an honorable thing to be able to do that and not have to worry about being under the thumb of the man. <laughs> Fuck the man. That's right. Fuck the man. Amen. Play music. Live, love, dig the skin you're in. Man. Love hey. sex, rock and roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. Drop hey, the mic. It's good shit. <laughs> hey, and that 
right there, podcasters. That is why today Max Groove is the shit. Is the shit. <laughs> and thank you, God. And I'm gonna end this podcast in the way I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me, and that is to good times with good people. Good times with good people. Thank you guys for allowing me to be with you tonight. <laughs>